Hello everyone! Welcome back to Talking in the Rain. Today my background music is Hazy by Oddfish and with me I have Winona Miles, a multidisciplinary native artist. She grew up performing in both community and professional productions throughout the Lower Mainland. She has also worked as a solo artist, teaches and coaches young singers and actors, and she's playing Girl Angel in the Pulitzer-winning opera Angel's Bone, which you can watch at the Annex Theatre as part of IndieFest 2022 from November 25th to 27th. Winona and I talk about Angel's Bone, her role in the opera as someone whose background lies in musical theatre. We also get into Winona's experience as a soprano, a little bit about imposter syndrome, and her initiative to bring musical theatre training to native youth. Before we start, I do want to mention that Angel's Bone deals with human trafficking and sexual exploitation. So if you think this could be a trigger for you, I would love to have you back next week for my next episode. But with that, I will leave you to listen to this one. Hello, Winona. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's start off with... Angel's Bone, shall we? So you're playing Girl Angel in the this Pulitzer Prize winning opera. Can you tell us what the show Angel's Bone entails and also what your character Girl Angel uh, entails? Yes. So um, it's hard to capture in a few words what this mm-hmm. piece is. Um, it's, it, it is an opera, but it's a very alternative type of piece that touches on a bunch of different genres it touches on punk rock which is my aria in the piece there are a lot of um magic realism elements to it as well um and i think in the original there's a lot of um pieces of like electronica so yeah it touches on a lot of different um a lot of different genres and styles so it's i guess what we would call an alternative opera mm-hmm. um yeah it's uh by d union Royce Fabric, and um, we're launching the Canadian premiere. And my character, Girl Angel, is in the piece. She is an angel um, and originally is depicted as falling down from heaven with Boy Angel, my counterpart. So the piece focuses on these two angels who are representations of youth in our community. And they are broken, battered, wounded from long history of um, struggle. Mm-hmm. We don't exactly say what that struggle is, but um, yeah, they're coming from a rough place. And they end up in the garden of this couple, Mr. and Mrs. Exy. And they are welcomed and given shelter, food, gifts, and comfort, basically. But along the way, Mr. and Mrs. Exy start to sexually exploit and traffic these mm-hmm. two youth. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a journey of how, process of how that happens and what has made our characters vulnerable to being lured and recruited into that world, as well as... Um, the psyche behind us and what yeah our um, emotional experience as we then get sucked into this journey and then as well as the 
the journey of the characters who have already been in this world for mm-hmm. a long time and um, what has brought them to where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope uh, it, it, it's hard to explain it. I don't want to, um, you know, I want to be sensitive of, you know, only giving the information that needs to be given because this is a very heavy topic. Um, yes. So yeah, but that's basically in a nutshell what the story is about yeah and it since it's such a heavy topic and so basically I read that the show is having a pre-show chats with a a social context committee that is made up of youth workers survivors lawyers sex workers opera artists um did you as the cast and crew of this production first of all have like this type of chats before you started rehearsals or first when you first got cast um, or are you having them now during rehearsals? How are you approaching this heavy topic? Um, so I can't speak to like uh, the casting process or mm-hmm. um, before rehearsals started because I think, think everyone's experience and their connection to the social context committee is probably a little bit different, but they have been in rehearsal, or at least um, the head of our social context committee has been in rehearsals with us every day and been in character brainstorming sessions. Um, mm-hmm. And although we hadn't yet met until rehearsals started, um, they had been involved in the process like from the time that our dramaturg and co-directors started developing production mm-hmm. so yeah I think they've been involved in putting this together for the past like two years that's a long time <laughs> it's and a long time to sit with this material yeah, yeah definitely is and when did you get involved uh with this production how long has it been for you um it's been a little over a year now I guess um mm-hmm. I-, I remember I found out about the audition call about two days before the deadline and oh god yeah and I listened to I listened to the score um and I was like (laughs) I've I've gotta I've gotta submit um Mm -hmm. so like (laughs) rushed to round up some materials to send them that was back in September last year and then I think it was November or maybe December um when I first heard from our dramaturg wanting to know a little bit more about me and my experience um and then finally had a workshop session with our music director in mm-hmm. February and yeah I think casting was finalized maybe in April okay. or so um and yeah and then after that it was a couple months waiting until um waiting on our casting ends because they were working a ton behind the scenes but yeah and then um we started getting our materials and stuff like in the summer okay now we're in rehearsals it's so exciting well okay (laughs) by exciting I mean not really the topic of the (laughs) the show but um being in rehearsals and preparing for a show because you grew up performing right so you must be you know used to it by now it's kind of probably you know just a- yes um but I, this, I will say this is definitely a very different experience mm-hmm. than um than I'm used to it's uh like they 
especially with the social context committee, that's not something that has ever existed on a previous project that I've worked on. Um, mm -hmm. And even um, the like actionable ways that they're focusing on creating more of a collaborative structure as opposed to you know, hierarchical, um, you know, producer, director, mm -hmm. taking charge of everybody kind of leadership structure that kind of going against that is also very different from my past work as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, so it is quite a new experience. I also, okay. my character's vocal line is a fair bit different than, than most of the other characters. Um, so I'm, I'm mostly from a musical theater background surrounded mm -hmm. by people from an opera background, <laughs> which, is, which is really interesting. Oh, we just, like our struggles in the pieces are just in totally different spots. Um, yeah, but it's been really fun anyway. Yeah. Do you, as like the, you said that you're the person with the musical theater background surrounded by those with an opera background, right? Um, yes. The, does it ever give you imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just like... Uh, it does, um, especially in some of the ensemble pieces, because um, I think what I've found is I just, uh, I kind of lose my head a little bit um, mm -hmm. because of nerves uh, as we dive into a new section of the piece. Um, and so like when I, I think there's a bit of an added pressure um, mm -hmm. if I, you know, if I make a mistake, mostly that I'm putting on myself because I'm like, oh, like, do they think I made this mistake? Because like, I, I can't keep up or, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as opposed to just being like, this is what rehearsals are for. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely some of that happening. But at the same time, like I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I know, yeah. um, I know my limits. I know my um, capabilities. So I, I know without any doubt that um, that when it comes time that I will have it absolutely locked down um mm -hmm. but yeah there's a little bit of mm. added um self-talk when when I mess up but yeah I feel like with yeah. everything <laughs> it just shows that you care <laughs> it does yeah and all right sorry going back to the to Angel's Bone you mentioned that the original had elements of like electronica and I also read that it has elements of modernism punk rock and cabaret does your version of it also include those or are you kind of changing it up a little um we are definitely changing some things up but I think that's more uh dramatically as opposed to musically um, okay and so yes there will definitely be all of those elements as I mentioned my um my particular aria solo is uh, is very much punk based kind of performance, which again is something new to me. Yeah, <laughs> and so, but again, that's where my little musical theater brain is like, oh yes, I can like <laughs> improvise. I uh, <laughs> I have so much space to you know interpret this as opposed to like the precision that. Mm -hmm. So many of our cast members are so good at that mm -hmm. is a little bit new to me. So 
there are definitely um, all of those things going on. Yeah, it sounds very, I personally have never heard of an opera that has any of these elements. So it sounds very interesting. But also for you, it's, you know, new for you too. What is it kind of, what's it like approaching something after, you know, performing so much that feels so new to you? You know, it's really interesting because um, it's been a while since I've had a really technical challenge mm-hmm. um, in a piece. So, I mean, and I I know from speaking to like all of our cast and crew that even those who are like hardcore in the opera world have found this piece really challenging. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so having that technical challenge has been really new to me um, and exciting but also because it is so improvisational, um, especially the character that I play. And it's it's quite an easy vocal line for me okay, <laughs> um, yeah. as well, um, which is really nice because I like the rest of the time, um, I'm just like working on expanding so many different parts of my voice that it's nice to <laughs> be able to just like, rest my mm-hmm. instrument a little bit rest my vocal cords yeah. um so my vocal cords are resting a little bit and my brain is working on right. like 20 times the speed <laughs> it's a different challenge for you <laughs> yeah that's very interesting I never would have guessed that uh and a performer could say that their you know their instrument is resting while also actively working on a project <laughs> Yeah. Well, also talking about the the rest of the cast, there's five of you in the cast, am I correct? There are five of us soloists, and then we have our ensemble who um, act as the angel chorus and then take on mm-hmm. various, um, various dramatic roles throughout the piece. All right. And so, yeah, I think in total, maybe 15 of us? 15 of you? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think the size of the cast, if it was smaller or bigger, would change the intimacy slash the vulnerability of the show? I think I think if this were a piece where we had a huge cast, I think that would be um, I think it would be a struggle to keep the rehearsal room um, safe. Mm-hmm. and comfortable for everybody um just if you have like so many people to sort of keep keep your eyes on and keep accountable and keep in check yeah I, and that's been a really really important thing like everyone has different um experiences coming into this piece um and we i mean we do have a lot of other crew and creative members in the room um so quite a few more people than just our cast but um Mm -hmm. it is a small enough group that we can make sure that we're staying connected um and Mm -hmm. yeah and just keeping each other safe as I mentioned yeah does that answer your question no yeah, yeah yeah it definitely does because when I um on the uh renaissance theater's website it had five of your so under the cast it had five names and so I assumed it was only five people yeah and so I was like oh that's a very you know like an intimate cast 
So I'm sure that it helps with the, you know, feeling safe and everything that you mentioned. And so when you said 15, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if that changes anything. <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad that, you know, you're able to keep the, the rehearsal room safe and, and comfortable for everyone. Um, no, well, it's important in any case, but especially if you're dealing with something, a show that takes on such a heavy, a heavy subject, then mm -hmm. yeah, it's very important. And so I also read that your long-term vision is to continue working on projects like Angel's Bone that inspire you and invigorate you. First of all, how does a project inspire you when you say that you would like to continue working on projects that inspire you? What does that mean for you? I, you know, I don't know if I can answer that very <laughs> definitively, um, <laughs> but but I will say it, it has been, I, I took quite a break from performing and music and mm -hmm. acting. Um, And I have never been as clear in my mind as a lot of other people that I worked with in the past about mm -hmm. the direction that I wanted to go in. I, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who were very clear that musical theater was their path, or I've worked with mm -hmm. people who film was their path, or singing and songwriting and playing gigs was their path. And I've never really been squarely in one thing which can be huge asset but it can also be very um something that makes you feel stuck so at times I just wasn't sure what my direction was and and I think now I'm at a place where project to project when the next thing that comes up that um makes me feel that sense of butterflies that I felt when I listened to this um, mm -hmm. and feeling like, oh, I have to do this. Um, I just want to keep moving on to each next project that really lights a fire in me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know, like after this, I don't know what the next thing is going to be. It could be yeah. totally different. Um, but I just know the feeling that I'm chasing mm -hmm. with each thing that I do. But I think with this specifically, um, you know, for better or for worse, I'm, I'm drawn to really dark stuff, <laughs> and, <laughs> which, um, you know, there's probably some work to do on that, some mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mental work, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like anything that's super heavy and dramatic, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm there. Yeah, um, give me it. <laughs> Yeah, so it, you know, it could have been a different dark topic, um, mm -hmm. and I would have felt probably similarly. But I also, you know, I, I'm an activist at heart too. I was in the nonprofit and social justice world professionally for a while before coming back to the arts full time. So just the element of, you know, actually bringing in a social context and advocacy committee as well, and really using this piece as a vehicle for that um, is really interesting and exciting to me as well. Because although my, my essence is as an artist and my vehicle is as an artist, my 
purposes as an activist in many ways as well. So Mm -hmm. that's something that I want to continue to explore Mm -hmm. uh, along the lines of my journey as well. So yeah, uh, I guess to summarize, it looks different with each next thing. Yeah, The next right thing is my my mantra. I understand. Some people have to take them on, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've always... I've always been very able to sit with pain and sit with discomfort and witness that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been, I think, something that has come, or I guess a skill that's come easily to me. Um, mm-hmm. So I maybe am not afraid of dark projects in the way that some others might be. But on the other hand, I'm afraid of, <laughs> I'm afraid of comedic pieces that are like super light and, and joyful. So that's... Uh, that's Again, so that's interesting. Some work for me to do. <laughs> yeah, because you would think that people would be drawn to, well, performers would be drawn to lighter slash more comedic things more. But I guess you it kind think of, so. But yeah, I- right. Mm. I guess it also depends on what kind of an actor you are too, because I mean, mm-hmm. not everyone can really do comedy or um, right. Same with. Uh, I think most of us will tell you that it's harder Um, Mm -hmm. and and you know it depends on what harder means Um, does it take more of a toll on your spirit no but Mm -hmm. is it harder like is it harder artistically possibly Mm -hmm. Um, I I think too um, you know if we look at uh, various awards it's um, it tends to be the more dramatic pieces that Mm -hmm. get like critical acclaim and so of course like every performer is chasing that yeah Um, but yeah you know a lot a lot of us are (laughs) resistant to flexing our comedic skills Um, (laughs) but for better or for worse it has chased me my whole life though Um, (laughs) you know I have tried to stay away from it. And then pieces that weren't supposed to be funny, people thought that I was being funny. And I'm like, no, that wasn't funny. That was serious. Or, you know, my agent recently said to me, she was like, yeah, I want to, I'm, I'm curious about like you doing some more comedy as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think it, it is, um, it's in my heart it's in my bones it's in my ancestry so mm-hmm. yeah. it's it is something that I want to find more of and make more room for in my life mm-hmm. yeah and you as you mentioned before you come from a musical theater background right mm-hmm. and well I have two questions first of all musical theater the projects you worked on before when it comes to MT were they more more serious projects uh or because um you mentioned again that you don't really haven't been working on comedic things but I from what I know well at least the ones that I listen to are generally more on the funnier side so I'm I'm really curious Mm -hmm. about that um well, I, yeah, most of the musical theater pieces that I've done have been lighter than this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. But being a soprano, mm-hmm. I always have played the, um, 
I have always played the more serious characters within those pieces, like romantic lead or Mm -hmm. things like that. So, so I am still not usually the one that is the comedic center Mm -hmm. of the piece. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I, that reminds me of kind of, have you heard of the musical uh, Ride the Cyclone? No. It's, so I recently found out about this. It's a musical about this, like, school choir going to a amusement park in Saskatchewan, out of all places. Oh, okay. <laughs> and one of the characters they are kind of dead it's kind of like the anti-cats where they're competing to go go back to life they to get a second chance at life because they all die in an accident at a roller coaster and one of the characters her name is Jane Doe um she the reason is because she gets decapitated and they can't oh god I know I know it's really bad and they can't um you know identify her but she is a soprano and her song is like the- don't tell me that I'm like I'm literally gonna be leaving rehearsals like listening to this you should and because it's so funny like all of the characters have like funny and like very light songs and then Jane Doe's actress is like a it just you know even if you're only listening to it and not even watching it makes you feel a different way and then the song is just a whole different vibe and so what you were talking about just now really reminded me of that but you know what I just recently discovered too is um I remember when Wicked first came out Mm -hmm. uh, like with their original cast recording and listening to Kristen Chenoweth singing Glinda and being like, oh, like, uh, I think it was the first, like, really comedic soprano role that I'd heard. And yeah. so I, w- I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I can actually, they're actually, like, up-tempo songs that I can sing. And so, like, for so long, like, I thought I was a Glinda. And only mm-hmm. until, and only recently have I come to realize, like, oh, you know what? I'm actually more of an elf. <laughs> and that's, like, and that's like through like discovering um, parts of my voice that I hadn't explored, but mm-hmm. you know, I spent so much time having to um, play those uh, kind of legit soprano roles. I also thought like I didn't really have a belt either, which mm-hmm. which I've finally come to realize is completely not true. In fact, I actually <laughs> have quite a, a belt and yeah. probably. Um, Probably my voice actually wants to spend more time there mm-hmm. than I have. Um, so again, like the comedic role that um, got me into exploring some of that, I now realize, no, I'm not <laughs> that at all. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh my God. Like of any character in that show, like that yeah. is not who I am. Not you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. interesting oh wow yeah that's that's it's okay because now it's, there's ride the cyclone yeah there's right yeah, exactly you could be jane doe <laughs> i could definitely be jane doe i um yeah like i i played a lot of murder victims and i've played, oh my God. Uh, played a couple of uh criminals or mm-hmm. not on stage but in, in classes and things like that mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's fun yeah I acting is such a fun thing where 
you get to be so many different characters and even if you're typecast as something that you still get a a good range I mean because no character is really the same to each other right yeah and so yeah that's very fun but anyways okay (laughs) there's one more question I want to get into not a good segue but um I apologize uh I read that you are creating initiatives to give native youth access to early musical theater training um I was hoping you could tell me more about this well first of all why musical theater and also where are you kind of in this process right now um creating is maybe not the best wording story (laughs) kind of where I'm at um but I I mean I mean being someone who has come from the world of musical theater and being one of not that many native actors mm-hmm. and performers uh in you know in Vancouver specifically but um it's you know kind of a natural direction but you know I remember last year I was you know I was trying to find songs sung by native characters in musicals because I just I really wanted to bring more of that into the audition room and there um, is a small but growing and thriving subset of indigenous theater non-musical theater in Canada Mm -hmm. but specifically musical theater is way way behind that Um, I I mean I may be wrong about this and like anyone who knows differently can correct me but um, I just like I realized I don't know of any musicals that have been on major stages like on Broadway or the West End Mm -hmm. or even off-Broadway that tell Native stories um, and or specifically center around Native characters. And I think I think one of the biggest reasons for that is specific to musical theater there are so many elements involved uh, that you Mm -hmm. have to be able to do well you know you can't just be a good actor you can't just be a good singer you have to be able to sing act and dance Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to be able to do all of those competently and you have to you have to do at least one of them like really damn well and so I think inherent in that is you have to start when you're young and if you don't it's really tough to break in and do this professionally um not impossible of course but it makes it really tough and so many of our youth do not have access to that early training or even know where to begin Mm -hmm. with that and so then we don't have native young adults going into post-secondary uh theater programs we don't have native young adults going off to uh toronto or new york to pursue their careers there and so that just like it just means like the pool gets smaller and smaller and smaller the farther along you go and so that's really what i want to target I'm not sure how yet mm-hmm. um, okay but yeah but the vision is to focus on our young people getting early training so that when it comes to the time that they're 17 18 and making these decisions of going forward professionally and how they're going to do that that they have the skills needed mm-hmm. to be competitive and be professional yeah definitely yeah. I think it's it's a great 
initiative and I hope you get to achieve what you set out to do and if there are people who want to support you when you do move on to a more I guess something that people you know can help with whether it is spreading the word or helping financially where can they find you so mostly I'm on Instagram um, <laughs> at Winona dot miles and when I know what that's going to look like that's where <laughs> that's yeah. where you can find it um if you want to find info on angel's bone um and how to come and see us then that's where you can find me as well um as well as all of our other awesome crew members pages um yeah I'm, I'm pretty easy to find that's where yeah mostly where I am <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. otherwise I'm o- otherwise I'm offline but yeah it's probably for the better <laughs> it's, it's Any, very healthy anything that I have to say anything that you need to know you can find it there yeah that's wonderful well I really appreciate you taking the time out of your well your break especially to talk to me today I really I really enjoyed talking to you and I really do appreciate it and yeah I hope Angel's Bone go smoothly and I hope you get to do more work darker work even (laughs) that that gives you butterflies well that's not even in question (laughs) um before thank you so much though I really yeah I I really appreciate having this conversation um me too I it's new for me to be back into this world so I really appreciate it how long did you take a break for? Mm, a long time. Okay. <laughs> no, I get it. It it must be, I don't know, I guess both exciting and difficult to go back after a, a long break. But yeah, I hope it's good. More positives than it negatives. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how much I was suffering until I got back into it. Yeah. Not doing it. I definitely understand. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I hope it doesn't get to a point where you have to take a break again and that it's all, you know, it's good. <laughs> and the bad ones are just healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well, I'll let you um I'll let you go. I'm sorry if I took up your whole uh break. I really do apologize, but <laughs> yeah, you so, okay, that's good. Wonderful. Well I'm about to go have some donuts, I think. Oh my God, that's so good. Eat some for me too. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, have a, I guess, a great rehearsal and a good rest Thank of you. your day. Yeah.